On this episode of This Is Game Boy Light, it's just me, myself, and I. Hello everybody and welcome back to another brand new episode of This Is Game Boy Light, the little show in between our full episodes where it's just me, Mula, or EBC, well formerly known as EBC, it's Baltic Gaming now, uh, where we do a little podcast on our own talking about various topics and this time I'm actually not going to be talking about a game or a game series or... A lot of games like for the Halloween special where I talked about uh, a multitude of games. Um, this day I'm actually going to talk a little bit about myself because as we all know I am the most important person in the world so everybody should uh, should always have to listen to everything that is about me so um, that's what I'm gonna do today but uh, seriously um, I did not really find a good topic uh, for this recording so I was just thinking look what can I talk about that has nothing to do with uh, games themselves but maybe something that people might be interested in when they are listening to this podcast and I thought like you know Let's uh, introduce myself a little bit. Uh, it's been long overdue. Um, of course, a lot of people who know me from everything else that I do uh, besides this podcast know who I am. But for people who probably have, uh, well, never seen me stream or have never talked to me uh, in any other sort of way, uh, probably don't know who I am. Um, so I think this is a good opportunity to just talk about where I came from and how I ended up actually being on this podcast and doing this podcast uh, with my good friend Baltic and of course our lovely producer Lex. So um, we're gonna dive into that. I'm gonna start... Um, like when I grew up, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about my past, uh, what happened that made me uh, what I am today. So um, yeah, take a little, little short break and then we're going to dive right into that. Welcome back everybody, hope you enjoyed that nice little music. I have no idea what Lex picked, but hopefully it's gonna be something good. So yeah, talking about myself is a little bit weird, of course, uh, but I hope everybody is kind of interested to know uh, like who I am and uh, what I have been doing for most of my life. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, my mom and dad uh, 
had a very fun night probably and ended up in bed and then uh, nine months later I was born so that that's how that goes but uh, yeah I never grew up really in a family of gamers uh, most of my family members are not gamers at all which is of course a little awkward sometimes uh, when we have family meetings because I don't really have anybody to talk about uh, look I'm, I'm a streamer I uh, play video games and people watch it a lot of the times people just look weird at you and then uh, just move on to another topic of conversation. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's always a little weird. Um, but yeah, besides a few of my cousins who had an NES growing up or who had a uh, Sega Mega Drive, I believe, uh, growing up, there weren't really any people that interested in gaming. A little later on, like one of my cousins actually got a little bit into PlayStation 1 for a while and uh, her dad, my uncle, um, picked up his quote-unquote gaming career out of that. Um, he really loves like uh, car racing games like Gran Turismo or uh, the rally games. So he's still to this day playing those games. But that's not really a genre I'm into, of course. But uh, yeah, they did have a lot of games that I borrowed um, besides the, the racing things, of course. So um, yeah, for me, my earliest memory of gaming, however, is on one of uh, the NES systems that one of my cousins had. I think I might have been around the age of three uh, back then. So I, I can't really remember anything that came before that. But I grew up playing the NES and mostly I actually was playing Mega Man 3, which uh, to this day is still probably my favorite game of all time because that's uh, the game that really shaped me. And for people who have played Mega Man 3, um, you know that's not an easy game, especially not for a three-year-old. Uh, my cousin, I think she is... Mm, Eight years older than me, something like that, uh, was never able to get anywhere in that game. I think she was only able to defeat Snake Man and I somehow managed at the age of three then to, to actually beat that game. So that was pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, th those games kind of shaped uh, the way I look at games, the way uh, I play games and which games I actually do play most of the time. Um, but yeah, that's that's my earliest memory at least. Um, I didn't have my own gaming system. Like I said, I, I did not come from a family of gamers, so um, there weren't things like the Atari or, or any stuff like that uh, before I got into gaming. And I think at the age of four or five, uh, my mom finally bought me a Game Boy and well, you all know this is a Game Boy podcast, so I guess that's uh, where the seeds got uh, sown. So I ended up being uh, here today doing this Game Boy podcast. Um, there's two things my mom always say when she talks about that moment. Uh, one, um, she has never seen me as happy as when I opened that package and, <laughs> and I saw that it was a Game Boy. And the second thing she always said, I wish I would have never bought you that thing because uh, it all went downhill from there. But that's, that's of course, more in a jokingly way, uh, mostly because, of course, my parents had to spend a lot of money uh, getting me newer games and newer systems and, and things like that. So I can see where that is coming from. Um, what you always have to keep in mind is that 
gaming nowadays is becoming a little bit more, um, how do you call it, accepted, I guess. Um, but back then it, it was still considered to be very antisocial uh, to be a gamer. Everybody looked at you like you were a nerd, but uh, that's changing slowly because it, it's still uh, a weird thing to talk about especially here in Belgium where I'm from by the way um, like if I go out with friends and you meet new people and they ask you what are your hobbies what are you doing and you start talking about video gaming at least on a quote-unquote professional level I would say like not that I'm making any money out of this not that i'm a competitive player or something like that but i do consider my gaming career nowadays to be more professional than just your leisure gaming uh, through the week um yeah if, if you start talking about that you get really weird looks from a lot of people especially because besides call of duty games and fifa games and other sports games um, for the majority of people, they don't know anything about it. So, um, yeah, that's, that always results in awkward conversations as well and very awkward looks. Um, I hope that will change later on. Like, I'm uh, 32 years old almost right now. Um, and it's weird that it's still kind of a taboo, actually, to, to uh, call yourself a gamer because people always think, oh, He's just one of those people that never comes outside. But then I say, well, I'm right here in front of you. If I would uh, stay inside, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, a little <laughs> little uh, side turn that I took there. Uh, but, yeah, so the Game Boy was uh, something I held dearly. I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of my uh, time as a young kid uh, playing that thing. Um, I wasn't really the guy that uh, went out to um, play dates, I guess, as they call them, uh, with friends uh, at their homes. Uh, I was usually just on my own playing video games, uh, which didn't mean I didn't have friends uh, because I actually went to play soccer with a with a whole bunch of friends uh, for a few years. Uh, sports isn't really my thing, uh, which was <laughs> very obvious when, when you saw me play. So I quit that after like three or four years. Uh, but yeah, the gaming thing was always there. Uh, a lot of my friends also had Game Boys, so could exchange games with them. That was, that was always pretty cool. Um, the next thing that I bought was a Super Nintendo. I saved up for that myself uh, from like money that you get from like your uncles or or your grandparents. Um, I saved up for that. I got that. I was really happy. And um, like we talked about before, like me and Baltic, um, the biggest reason why we probably got the Super Nintendo was because it came with a Super Game Boy so we could play those Game Boy games on uh, TV. Um, going a little further, uh, the next thing that I bought at least and a lot of my friends bought was the uh, PlayStation, the first PlayStation, mostly because Nintendo 64 came out a year later here. Um, it's a, so PlayStation had a bigger market uh, already, so everybody just got that, and, and it was super impressive, and we absolutely loved those games. So uh, we spent a lot of time together, uh, like in, in the homes of friends, just gaming uh, the entire time until Tony Hawk came out, uh, which was a revelation. And then we all got into skateboarding. Um, like I skated for six to eight years. I can't remember exactly until I got uh, an injury on my foot. 
Um, I almost tore my ankle uh, muscles, I guess. I don't know what they're they're actually called, uh, but my foot was literally black after that. And I kind of got scared of um, doing more and more daredevil things on my skateboard, so kind of went uh, went downhill from there until I eventually stopped at the age of, I would say, 21, 22. I think that's when I uh, actually stopped skating. But yeah, I, I was still gaming even then. Like, we went out for skateboarding for periods of like eight hours a day. But even when I got home, I, I was still like uh, playing video games, uh, mostly just on my own, like PlayStation games. And then there was a time probably around the age of 15, 16, where um, first-person first person shooters became very popular, of course, um, as at least the multiplayer aspect of it. Um, I didn't have a computer, an, an actual computer, before I was 16, and I actually needed to get one for, um, for school to do some assignments on. Um, there wasn't a computer around the house until then. I didn't have internet until then. Um, so when I got that one, of course, I also stepped into the, the first-person shooter uh, league with my friends. Uh, we played Medal of Honor Allied Assault on a pretty decent level. I think we were third in the world at one point. Um, we did some LAN parties here and there, uh, which was a lot of fun just hanging with friends and playing, but... You could always tell that that competitive scene and, and those first-person shooters and multiplayer games weren't really my thing. So after a while, I, I just uh, stopped playing those completely. Um, I think Battlefield 2 was the last one that I got, which was fun, but I didn't play it competitively. I just played it together with another friend. We were just having fun. Like, I was really good at... Um, shooting from the helicopters and the tanks and he was very good at like flying so we just teamed up and and had some fun with that but that's really the final first person shooter multiplayer game that i uh that i actually dove into and i kind of miss that game i don't know if i can still play it on my pc if, if there's even people still playing that maybe one day i'll just install it to see what's going on that's that will probably take like 10 minutes anyways nowadays even with uh, all the patches i would need to download uh but yeah i had a lot of fun with that but um again it wasn't really my thing um i wanted to play other games, uh, single-player games, I, I was really into RPGs, so those are quote-unquote the antisocial games for sure, so they're, they're really just the thing you have to dive into yourself. Um, so I, w I was still doing that. Um, of course, then I went off to college. Uh, I studied communications and multimedia design. Um, maybe going back to what I did in high school, I just did... Um, economics and uh, modern languages which is um, Dutch which is of course my uh, my mother tongue uh, German English and French um, so it's nothing special but uh, what I learned in economics was useful for communications and marketing and um, ever since I was a kid I was always uh, drawing I was always coming up with stories and things like that so it was normal that I went into a little bit more of a creative um, 
education program after my uh, my high school years. So I did that. Um, got introduced to programming, got introduced to Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, things like that. Uh, like I said, marketing and communications and also uh, video and audio. So those were the five main branches that I uh, that I had during my education in college. Um, I got my bachelor degree in that. Um, I tried twice to get my master's degree, but that was really just making a a paper a thesis um, which wasn't my thing at all um, I couldn't come up with any really good um, really good what do you call it topic to go on and yeah I just let it slide and decided you know what I'm 24 uh, I've had enough of school I'm just gonna call it quits here and uh, see what the job market has to offer me and to see what that job well to see to hear what that job market had to offer me I will come back after this little break we're back so yeah stopped college well stopped I, I got one degree I didn't get my master's degree so it was time for me to look for a job and I always wanted to work for like a communications company or an advertisement company or a web development company anything like that as a graphical artist um, sadly and I know a lot of people will uh, know this story but um, Every time I went to a uh, an interview, all I was hearing was, um, yeah, thank you for coming, but we're looking for somebody who has at least five years of experience in this business. Uh, we cannot help you uh, with a job, sadly. Um, that's, that's something that's still going on to this day. Belgium is also not the most innovative country in the world, um, at least not when it comes to debt front. Um, like the, not only the government, but a lot of companies have a very old um, direction. That's not how you call it. Um, like <laughs> the head, of, the head of the companies. That they're really old people. They're they're scared of innovation and things like that. So the few companies that that do innovate, like they are always looking for people, of course, with experience, which is of course something you can get if nobody wants to hire you. And yeah, I just. Uh, couldn't get a job at all and that lasted for like i would say almost two years at least um but halfway during that um i was bored of course i was bored like i was just sitting at home i was sending in um, my resumes to companies what else could i do so i just got back into gaming a lot more um not that much in retro gaming i was just playing the newer games um as far as i could um i actually played maple story for a while together with a friend which was fun but uh, again just like with the first person shooters the multiplayer things mmos weren't really my thing so that lasted for maybe a year and and then i gave up on it because um it was just too boring for me i like games where you have an ending and not something you have to 
keep putting hours into and into and into and, and you're not really reaching a goal. Um, well, I know a lot of people do have goals in that game, but for me, it's it's just um, something to to spend your time with, but not really achieving anything ever. So yeah, I just got back into my single player games for quite a while. And um, when I was bored, I was just, um, yeah, looking up stuff on YouTube, um, like f gaming videos, nothing really special because I, I wasn't really following um, a lot of big YouTubers or anything, I was just looking at random videos. And one day, uh, me and my friend went to a uh, convention and I found a copy of Mega Man 1 for NES. And uh, years before, I picked up an NES on a flea market for like literally five euros uh, or something, which is what, seven dollars, uh, I would say. So I, I had that lying around and I was like, yeah, I, I really, really would like to play this game. This, this is really cool. Um, I had been playing some retro games on emulator, but it was much nicer, of course, to play the actual uh, game on console and the, the person selling it was like oh but you have to uh, be careful because this is an ntsc copy um, of course i'm from a pal region so i had a pal nes um, so i was like if don't worry about it i'll just pick it up because i had read that um, you could mod your nes and so i got home i modded my nes which was really easy to be honest it's just like a pin you have to pull out and everything is done um Opening that thing up, though, uh, <laughs> I have never seen anything so dirty in my life. Uh, like the dust bunnies that were in there, it, it was incredible. Uh, never seen anything like that in my life. And I've opened up many, many consoles since then, but that was just so gross. I think I spent over an hour just cleaning it. So I don't know what the person who I bought it from did with that thing, but yeah, I, I actually don't want to know. Um, but yeah, w with doing that, like I really got into uh, playing retro games again. So um, I was just, again, watching YouTube because I looked up how to mod my NES and, and things like that. And um, I think the first big YouTuber, I don't even know if he was on YouTube back then, but the first like video game reviewer I came across was actually um, Angry Video Game Nerd. Um, I, I just immediately fell in love with the type of videos he created. Like it was crude humor, um, talking about the games, of course. Um, wow, can I say that word? Lex, please don't cut that out. Um, I don't mean it as a as a thing. It's a game. Can can't really say anything else about it. Uh, but yeah, that was really funny to see. And um, the guy kind of looks like me, like James Rolfe. Like if if I would. Um, shave my head until like I, I got really short hair and I would uh, put on a, a white shirt and put a bottle of, of what's a rolling rock in my hands and uh, you pr would probably be able to see that yeah there's a resemblance uh, for sure I would have to shave as well though uh, but yeah uh, <laughs> anyways um, yeah so I, I got into those videos I watched Probably all of them. I don't know how many there were out back then, like maybe 30, maybe less. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that was really fun. And then um, 
for people who follow Game Grumps, um, that actually started around that time. Like uh, he he and well, Eager Raptor and uh, John Tron started the channel like right around that time. So um, I saw that video pop up because uh, I knew Ego Raptor uh, because I spent a lot of my youth on Newgrounds. So, so I was familiar with his work and I always appreciated his, uh, his stuff. So I was interested in that. So I started looking at that. So, and that was the first let's play I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was really funny. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything at this point in my life. I do need the skills for a job. Like I, I need to know video editing. I need to know audio editing. And, uh, and whatever graphical work that, that could come from that. So I started experimenting with that myself. And um, I don't think I've ever plucked this on, on the podcast. But I did make a Let's Play channel called... Uh, wait, what did I call it? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, not, well, I, I wanted to name it Nostalgamia. But I couldn't get that... Uh, that handle for some reason so i i named it nostalgamia begins i think um but yeah i started experimenting with that i, I did a few i did kirby's dreamland 2 i did uh ooh, the new zealand story um and then a steam game called shipwrecked i believe so those were the, the only three things i did uh because right when i was doing that i actually found a job so i didn't have time anymore for that but but yeah that has nothing to do with the rest of the story of course uh but yeah i i watched those videos and i was like yo it's it really fun to to see people entertain other people um with with making these videos um the, the last one I picked up was The Completionist, which was amazing because he did what I have always have been doing, uh, which is completing games. And I was like, whoa, this is a really cool channel. And one day um, I got a message from probably on YouTube or on the website. I think it was Normal Boots back then. Um, got a message that he would be streaming. Um, I have never seen a stream before in my life. So I watched that, and um, yeah, after watching that stream, which was actually not him, but his brother who took over his uh, his channel for the day, kind of hacked into his account and just started streaming. Uh, but yeah, once I saw that, I was like, this Twitch thing, this is really cool. Um, I'm not doing anything. Why not start streaming myself? Like, I kind of want to play all these retro games. A lot of people seem to be interested in watching them. So, uh, yeah, I set up my own channel and started playing very old video games. Um, what I played first were just things that I had lying around, of course. Um, but then I started to meet other streamers mostly out of the Mega Man community because Mega Man was a big thing for me. Like, as I said before, Mega Man 3 was my favorite game. So I started looking up people playing that game, of course, and the other ones. So I met a lot of very interesting people back then. Like, um, you, you probably, if you know anything about the Mega Man speedrunners, like Slurpy Ninja, I got uh, Fast at CC, Peapod Dot, um, all those people um, I met 
just through streaming so um i was a big part of that community as well for quite a while like sometimes if i go back to one of their channels because i don't watch twitch uh myself that much anymore because i'm so busy but when i go back into their channel i'm, I'm always a mod so um yeah I, I was definitely a very big part of that community but yeah i met a lot of people through there um started speedrunning Mega Man myself only for a small while though because um i got really angry at it um it wasn't really anything for me uh but yeah i, I met a lot of people through that and uh, one person I met was uh, called Asbestos Bear. Uh, that was his Twitch handle, at least. And I was always hanging in his channel, and he was always hanging in my channel. And uh, one day we just decided, hey, let's make a podcast um, together with two of his uh, friends. Um, so we did that for quite a while, actually. So that was the first podcast I ever did. And you can still find it on the internet. Um, it's called the World 1-1 podcast. But um, be advised, there's a few people who took that name after we stopped. So there might be multiple of them out there. Uh, but yeah, the website was just world11.com. I don't know if it's still live, but I'm really sure the episodes are still still on the internet. So yeah, we did that podcast for uh, for quite a while. Uh, we have quite a few episodes out there. Uh, it was a really fun thing to do, but um, Asbestos Bear got married. Uh, the two other guys also got married. Um, so we kind of split ways. Um, again, those were people from America. I was from Europe. It wasn't always the easiest to, uh, to find good times to do recordings. Of course, with family life coming uh, into it and work life coming into it. So after a while, we just stopped doing that. Um, Asbestos Bear also stopped streaming because he didn't have time anymore. So um, I was left behind on that. So no more podcasts for me. But uh, I was still a huge, uh, huge <laughs> you, yeah. I was still hugely into the Mega Man community, so um, together with those guys, we, we did a lot of fun stuff for sure. Um, after a while, though, I got really tired of having to play the same game over and over and over again, so I kind of stopped speedrunning Mega Man games, I kind of stopped uh, watching the speedruns of Mega Man games, and I just wanted to do something on my own, really, and um, by then I decided, you know, I grew up with Game Boy, I really miss playing those games, I'm just gonna become a casual streamer i'm just gonna play those Game Boy games that i loved when i was a kid and we'll see how that goes so um a lot of people seemed interested in that so well not <laughs> not the biggest crowd of course but a, a lot of people from the Mega Man community at least seemed interested in that as well um definitely somebody who we have mentioned a few times before sticked around with me uh, who's pld uh, back then pld 90x uh, but that was uh, definitely one person that that came over to my channel because he was also sick and tired of the Mega Man speedruns and um like we talked before about the, how tiny 10 came to be um Yes, Big 20 was coming and I was doing the Game Boy thing and then somebody just said, why don't you do a, do a speedrun thingy for Game Boy and, and, and that's how Tiny 10 came to be. We talked about that in our Tiny 10 episode. But that was a, a big turning point for 
for a lot of people, uh, like PLD got more into, well, basically routing Game Boy games. Um, he did do a few games that he actually ran, uh, one of them being Mega Man, Dr. Wily's Revenge, put a lot of effort into that. Um, Tremaine came into that group. Uh, Bangera, who you might know from, from a lot of ESAs, um, came into the group. And you could see that that very small uh, Game Boy community for speedrunners, that is, um, really, really got bigger and bigger. Uh, we got Nadua in, who was very technical. He could look up a lot of stuff. Um, from a technical point of view, like which is the best emulator to run on, which is uh, the best system to run on, uh, all all those kind of things, and we needed um, we needed a platform to come together and talk about those things. So PLD actually made the the Discord, the Game Boy. Uh, I think it's just called the Game Boy community i don't know i actually don't know what it's called uh uh yeah he made that and a lot of people came in and then we put our heads together and we we tried to do our best to um newcomers for the for the game with speed runners to welcome them and to show them yo this is how you do this um you have to be careful of these things and um yeah we pretty much became the the number one spokespersons spoke people i know is there a multi whatever um but yeah we became the platform to provide newer newcomers with uh with what they needed to actually uh speed run game boy games um again for me speed running was yeah i i just can't put too much effort into one game um that's that's why I'm usually just a casual streamer. Um, I do provide, of course, games for the Tiny Ten, which is a speed run marathon. Um, I like helping out with those. I like helping looking for maybe new tech to to speed run. But I don't like actually running games myself for for a long time. Like there's only one game I actually ever put real effort into and that was Darkwing Duck for Game Boy until Zymond came along and, and literally destroyed my record. Uh but yeah that it's it's not for me but I'm still a big uh I'm still big into the the whole speedrunning community for Game Boy of course. And not as much uh for the speed runs itself, but just to make sure that a lot of people know about Game Boy, um, that they know about the games, that they know that there are other systems besides NES and Super Nintendo to play speed runs on. Um, and as I've said before, my biggest goal is just to make sure that people are informed about Game Boy in its whole, not only the speed running aspect, but also like lesser known games. Um, and that's of course why uh, the podcast came to be eventually. Um, what I did after a while, because we were always talking in the Discord and we always had to explain everything again and again and again. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a website. I'm just going to put all the 
all that info on there that we have been using for quite a while so that people just have uh, a place to go to just look it up um, so I made the website gbrunners.com um, like I said before though I am not really or maybe I skipped past that but I'm a graphical designer I'm not really a, a developer or a coder or a programmer whatever you want to call it so yeah I had to use a CMS which is a content management system so it's it's pretty much a website made for you and, and you can change things around in it but yeah I, I made the website it's not the best website but it has what you need and um, I'm looking forward to actually making it a better website in the future but that's that's yeah that's definitely future talk uh, but yeah that, that's a little history about how that entire community came to be and um, out of that um, we got of course uh, me, EBC back then, Baltic Gaming now, PLD, uh, oh dear, uh, Bangara. We definitely need more representation of Game Boy on Twitch. So let's make a uh, make a team for Twitch. And um, around that time, Granon Hero actually joined up as well, and he's partnered. He was he it still is I think the only one who's partnered from all of us. So he had the ability to actually make that team and out of that came Monochrome City. Um, we wanted to do a lot with Monochrome City. We wanted to make that a channel where all of us would stream to periodically. Um, we still kind of want to do that, but it's really hard to find the time, especially with all the things we are doing. Uh, maybe one day we'll, we'll get around to it for sure. At least I hope so. Like we have plans set in motion, but we haven't really been doing anything with them. I think uh, Baltic did a few streams for uh, Game Boy Achievement Hunting, which was really cool. I did a Turtles Trilogy Marathon. Um, so it, it's always fun doing stuff like that, that is not tied to our own channel, but more uh, a community thing, a team thing. But yeah, we, we still haven't figured out how to actually provide constant content uh, to produce on that channel but um, yeah bes besides just streaming um, after a while we decided to make an album uh, the monochrome city album which has uh, five game boy game songs uh, from each of the members um, our favorites put together on an album for everybody to listen to i made the booklet for that um, which was really fun and after a while we just started talking about you know what let's make a podcast why not like podcasts are cool we keep talking about games uh constantly on our channel so why not uh, record conversations between two or more people from the monochrome city team and just put it out there so uh yeah, after a while, I was just like, you know what, let's do it. Let's stop talking about it and just make it. So me and Baltic just recorded it and Lex immediately said, yeah, I want to produce this. Uh, I kind of want to learn how to uh, edit audio. So yeah, that's how that's how this podcast came to be. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's about all I can really say. I could talk for hours, of course, about uh, how everything came to be um, and, and little tiny details here and there, but I don't think anybody's interested in that. But I 
I think that kind of wraps up the story here. I'll uh, let you listen to another great song picked by Lex and then uh, I'll come back to say my goodbyes. And welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that little song. So yeah, that was uh, that was a story of who I am and how I came here. Uh, maybe Baltic will do one of these in the future as well. Maybe he'll get inspired by me. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to do this so that that people who don't know me or don't know much about me uh, actually know who is talking to them. So um, yeah, I I don't know if I talked about it in detail enough but um, Game Boy is really a passion project that uh, that we have been trying to uh, show to a lot of other people who might not have been that interested in Game Boy to begin with and uh, we do have a lot of plans for the future so like I said before I really want to redesign the website so that it's not only a speedrunning thing but also more of a thing where a lot of us can maybe write articles about it, uh, just tie it in a little bit more with the podcast, maybe with the Monochrome City team. Um, just make it a very good source for anything Game Boy related, because sadly there is not that much Game Boy related information out there. Um, I think we said it before, like there's Game Boy Works done by Jeremy Parrish, there's a few uh, Game Boy channels, video channels out there, like Boyographic does a lot of uh, Game Boy video games, but besides that there there's not much. I think there's one other podcast that does Game Boy called Strictly Game Boy. Um, so yeah, there, there's not that much information about it, which is sad because it's a really cool system that people overlook quite often and even though they have a lot of nostalgia for it so every time we mention Game Boy to somebody new they're like oh yeah I loved that uh, that handheld and yet they still tend to uh, steer towards NES and Super Nintendo anyways which which is kind of weird because Game Boy deserves all the love it can get. But yeah, anyways, that's my story. Hope you enjoyed it. Maybe it was boring as heck, but <laughs> yeah, I know, no. I, I didn't have a good topic. I think this, this was at least fun for me to talk about uh, where I came from. So uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed this. We... So me and uh, Baldi will be back in two weeks for another uh, normal episode uh, where we will talk about Wizards and Warriors X Fortress of Fear. See you then.
Um, sorry, I had to burp. And I'm still burpy. Okay. Um, I don't know what I was saying. 